Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Yeah, I Said It on this Friday, the 13th, September 13th, 2019. Ooh, spooky, spooky, spooky. Friday the 13th, as always, the show is hosted by yours truly, Lance Williams. And, and tonight, as I'm doing the show, hopefully you guys can catch the show before you get your drinks and do your thing uh, this evening. It, it just so happens that a football life presenting Terry Bradshaw is on and just seeing those images and those pictures of great Steeler teams of yesteryear and seeing my neighborhood in the background just brings me back, uh, you know, to a long years, man, me living in the Berg, being a young kid growing up in the game, loving the Pittsburgh Steelers from the cradle. Um, those bring back good memories, seeing my neighborhood back then, seeing those great teams and that brings me to the title of this particular program. Yeah, I said it. The sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. And the reason I titled the show that is because if I can be positive, then so can you. Now, that might be a small statement for many of you that are listening to the program for the first time. But if you've heard me talk, you know my counterpart, big up to Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, my co-host of The Standard is The Standard, outstanding guy. He's joy. I'm pain. So if you listen to our programs, you know I'm the pessimistic guy. I'm the East Coast guy. I'm the Pittsburgh guy. I'm the meat and potatoes guy. I'm the basic kind of pessimistic guy that always sees the glass half full, not half empty. Now, if I can be positive after watching the Pittsburgh Steelers get dump trucked in New England once again, that team up north, the team that has as many championships as the black and gold, yeah, I said it. The sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. There's a lot of negative, a lot of negatives from that football game that we can bring up. But I don't want to focus too much on that game. But I do want to read a quote from I Push Hard. Pick up the I Push Hard who listens to the program. And I Push Hard said the following after the defeat to the Patriots. Sorry, but I'm having a really hard time finding the season relevant because it's a foregone conclusion that the Super Bowl goes through New England. So no matter what the Steelers do over the season, the Pats will slap them around and send them home again. I ask you guys on the live chat, and I ask you guys listening to the program, is that what Steeler Nation thinks? Is this what that team up north has done to Steeler Nation after the first game when there's 15 more of these puppies to be played after we've watched numerous guys get hurt in the first week? Have the New England Patriots taken all your joy out, or does the sun always shine in Pittsburgh, I think? 
or is it overcast, cloudy, gray, and cold? But if you guys listened to me in the past, I could fall into that. That is my normal MO. I'm a pragmatist at heart. I'm a realist at heart. Growing up in the 15212, 15233, growing up in a gray city like Pittsburgh, sometimes that can be the case. You can grow up being a pessimist, pragmatist, realist, however you want to call it. But in my opinion, the sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. I mean, hell. There's gold in the color scheme and white. Those are two colors that do shine. So in the backdrop of black, you do have gold. And the combination of gold and black and white and all that mixed together, it all shines. So the sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. But let me read the quote of Ben Roethlisberger. And after listening to Ben Roethlisberger's quotes and Big Ben brought me over because I I was thinking like I push hard. If you guys listen to the post game show, me and Jeff were in a rut. In fact, me and Jeff switched chairs. I was joy. Jeff was pain. But listen to these quotes from Ben Roethlisberger. I said on Monday, hey, guys, look up. The sun is still shining. The sky still blue. The best thing is we still get to play on Sunday. It's week one. And let me echo those thoughts. It's week one. You guys have been watching football, some of you, as long as I. I've been watching football for a solid 40 years. That's probably more than a lot of you guys that are listening to this program. That's right. I look young. I'm turning 50. I'm dating myself. I was born in 1970, and I grew up as a kid in the midst of the greatest organization in football becoming what it was now. And he's right. Ben is right. There's 15 more games. Now, is there work to do? Obviously, the Steelers have to get better. They have to improve in a number of areas, and I will address those later in the program. But what's the saying that everyone always talks about in sports? You don't want to peak too early. But needless to say, you don't want to peak in week one because you have 15 more of these things to do. Things change over the course of a 15 remaining game season. Guys get better. Guys improve. Guys don't get better. Guys don't play as well. Teams don't play as well. For whatever reason, winning consistently in the National Football League is one of the hardest things to do in the world. The Patriots have done it well, that team up north, because they have Belichick and Brady and an offensive system that both are extremely comfortable with. But this is the journey. And I would say that I push hard. This is the journey. This is is why it means so much to fans and players alike when teams win championships. It's because it's hard. I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were founded in 1933 by the Chief, and they have six championships. I don't want to do the math because I don't want to embarrass myself if I get the math wrong. But I know you guys know the math on on the group chat. 
or, or the live chat, do the math. Six divided by the number of years they've been in existence. It's hard to win championships. Those percentages are low. Look at the number of teams that have not won a championship. That's why winning a championship is special because it is a grind. Sometimes it was 12 games. Sometimes it was 14. Sometimes it was 16. And now they want it to be 18. Winning a championship is hard. And sometimes getting beat half to death is part of that process. In every season that the Pittsburgh Steelers won it, barring a couple of them, there were some bad games. I don't want to go through my mental Rolodex and bring out some of those bad games, but sometimes these things happen. But I understand that that pain was exacerbated by the fact that they lost to that team up north who just won the championship, who often cheats, and that just tied the Pittsburgh Steelers with six championships. So I understand the pain that I push hard feels. I may feel a little bit more given the fact that I'm from the north side and I grew up 10 minutes from the stadium because when I was born, I had a Steeler blanket in my crib and my first Letterman jacket was a Steeler jacket. My first helmet was a Steeler's helmet. And because every one of my relatives rooted for the Steelers like their life depended on it. So it was a tough loss. But like Ben says, the sun's still shining, the sky's still blue, the best thing is we still get to play on Sunday. Now, if this were a playoff loss, feel like I push hard. Your season is over. But the season did not end. There is 15 more of these. So because of that reason, simply, the sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. Number two, listen to this quote from Ben. It's not like all of a sudden we have to go back to the drawing board. It's just we all need to, starting with myself, play better. It's nothing drastic on anybody's plate. It's just little things here and little things there. And I don't disagree. I've taken a look at the game film. It was little things. You know, one of the things that gave that team up north a distinct advantage is a lot of the principal pieces on their team are in place. Brady, at least three-fifths of that offensive line. Burkhart, White, Josh Gordon, Edelman, Philip Dorsett. These are pieces and players, Devlin, that have been in this offense for several years. They've played in this offense for several years. That gave them a distinct advantage to be able to take advantage of a defense that had new parts. You know the new parts. Nelson, the rookie Bush. You got Barron. Those are just naming a few of the new pieces in that defense. Cam Kelly. So going up against possibly the GOAT quarterback in a system that they're very comfortable with, in Foxborough, maybe we were off. Maybe I should apologize to all you for making you guys think that it was going to be as close as it was, that there was actually a realistic chance for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go up there and actually win. What I would have liked to have seen in retrospect would have been them to play better, to execute better, 
on all three phases of the game. So that's what I was disappointed about. But I'm choosing to be positive. And knowing that the Steelers have 15 games remaining, here are some of the quotes that come to mind. And, and I hope that some of you take this to heart and use these quotes when thinking about the Steelers' performance, upcoming performance against the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday. Number one, it's always darkest before the dawn. Think of that one. Number two, the glass is half full, not half empty. Just meaning this is a process. There's more stuff to do. There's more work to do. You do not win a championship by going 1-0, and and you don't lose one by going 0-1. You may lose one if you go 0-2. That's why I say the sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. Number three, always look on the bright side of life. Look for the positives that you can glean from that game. Build on those. And look for all of the issues and mistakes that you can find and build on those. Correct. And move on. Number four, it ain't over until it's over. And if you got 15 games left, it ain't over until it's over. Now, I, I see Yenzer's point. Yenzer Life 77. Watching your team beat itself is why the pill is hard to swallow. And when it comes to the Pats, the Steelers have been doing it for years. Yes. I agree, but it's one game, and that's why the sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. Number five, every strike brings me closer to the next home run. If the Steelers rip off five in a row and the Steelers win a championship and they point to this week one game as saying, this was the game that changed it for us. This is the game where we knew we had to change our level of focus and preparation. And this game put us on our dean and on our focus. And this is what we needed to get over the hump. You guys will look at the game much differently. In seven weeks, if they're six and two, you won't worry about this game. And the last quote that I dug up, and I had to write these down because Jeff knows it. You guys know it. If you listen to the program, I'm the cliche destroyer. So that's why I wrote these down. The last one is life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how you react to it. And of all of those, I think those are the most appropriate when it comes to football. You have to react to what happens. That's where the coaching and the preparation aspect comes. You have to react as a team in a positive way to what happened last Sunday, regardless of how much it hurts. You have to win, you have to correct, and you have to move on. That's why the sun still shines in Pittsburgh, at least, I think. Now, in general, I'm not just positive because... There are 15 games left. I typically concentrate on the defense. Jeff is the offensive guy, and I'm speaking from a defensive perspective. And I'm positive because I finally think that they have the defensive personnel to be very good. 
that they have a defense that is malleable and flexible enough to effectively defend modern-day offenses, that they have the personnel in place. Let me just give you some of the personnel packages that they run. The base Oki in that personnel group, and you got Tewitt, Hargrave, Hayward, Dupree, T.J. Watt, Vince Williams, Baron Nelson, Hayden, Terrell Edmonds, and Sean Davis. They have a nickel defense where you bring in Mike Hilton, out goes Williams and Hargrave. They've got a big nickel defense, same as the nickel, but Hilton is replaced by Cam Kelly. They have a dime package. Hilton stays in the slot. Cam Kelly is a dime backer with Hargrave and Williams out. They have a big dime. Kelly comes in for Hilton, and Davis slips into the box. <clears throat> Excuse me. That alone, along with the quarter defense, the seven defensive backs, goal line packages, I think they even have a penny package. What this shows you is that they have versatile packages to handle modern-day offenses, and I think the personnel is good enough. I think Tuit Hargrave and Cam are the best 3-4 defensive line in football. T.J. Watt, one of the best young deep, excuse me, one of the best young outside linebackers in football. I think the combination of Hayden and Nelson is very good. I think the issue on the defense is the combination of the safeties. I think Davis is a stabilizer. He's like milk. He's like butter. He brings that oomph, that unctuousness, that, that savory note to your dish that you have to have if you want to create a very good dish. But then they have Hilton. Then you have Sutton. I think Kelly is a solid guy if you put him in the right role. So I think they're versatile enough from a personnel standpoint to be very good. Here's the other thing, why I'm positive about this defense and how this team is going to perform. Simple phrase. No talent and no communication equals no chance. That's not what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They have talent. The issue is, in my opinion, coaching and communication. Because here's the thing that I saw in the game on Sunday, is when you can do a lot, this is another phrase. When you can do a lot, that doesn't always mean you should do a lot. Just because you can do a lot don't mean you should do a lot. What I think the Steelers need to do moving forward is all of these packages I described are very good because it lets you mix and match and morph. But with all of these packages, it requires crystal clear communication for 11 players to flow in concert to stop devastating offenses in the National Football League, especially an offense where you have pieces of the puzzle have been well orchestrated by arguably the GOAT QB and have been playing together for years. You can't beat an offense like that unless you have a team of Hall of Famers where you can overcome inconsistent communication. But again, no talent and no communication equals no chance. They have talent. Fix the communication, and you've got more than a chance. That's why I'm positive. It's a case of identifying what these packages do well and what guys do well and eliminating the fat and letting them go out and play to their speed and play fast. That's it. You have teams that have no talent and no communication, and thus they have no chance.
We you watched some of them teams last week. There are teams that have no chance. Miami has no chance. They have no chance. They have no talent and no communication. Minka Fitzpatrick, hopefully they could get him. Be an outstanding addition. The price may be too high. But that's why I'm positive on this team. The talent is there. And I believe in the coaching and the coaching staff. I don't believe that Keith Butler sucks. What I think they have to do is they have to trim some of this fat, take away some of this exoticness in places where it's not needed, and get down to playing football, simplify, and let them play. I'm going to give you one last cliche, one last classic football cliche. You guys know what I'm going to say. If you're thinking, you're stinking, period. Simplify, let this team play, let this team hunt, and that's why the sun still shines in Pittsburgh, I think. Hey, guys, if you guys want to, and I'm going to jump into your questions now, but before that, if you guys want to contribute to the live chat, the dollar sign is in the corner. No obligation. Hit the dollar sign, and your question will jump into the top of the live chat. The live chat's been going nonstop, but I want to kind of to get through my, my, my take before I jump into these questions. I also want to give a big shout-out to Jeff. Who's bad? Brian Anthony Davis. Give a shout-out to Dave Schofield, the Oracle. Make sure you check out all their shows this week. The content's been a little bit down. I'm a little bit disappointed with you guys. I'm just a little bit disappointed. The content was on fire last week. Tons of numbers. Great shows. You guys were bubbling, percolating, popping, excited. You wanted to listen to all the shows. One ass whooping by the Pats. Come on, man. Y'all can't go into your corner now. Y'all represent the black and gold. We not no punks, are we? We, we not punks, are we? Can y'all answer that question in the live chat? You, you going to get slapped up, go in the corner and hide? That's why y'all not subscribing to the shows and, and, and getting down with everything. Um, I mean, I mean, what's up? I mean, what's up? Y'all got, y'all got to get down with it. So make sure you keep supporting the show. So let me jump into the live chat. Um, and, and let me get to some of these questions. Uh, let me, let me, let me flow through here. Uh, and that's right. Denise Irvin. Hell no, no punks here. That's right. Step up, Denise. I see you. Um, let me go into the comment from Darren Dalton. I think part of the problem can stem from very little preseason play. The preseason is interesting. Because those are free games. And you got to get to the season healthy to have any opportunity to win. I think some of that stuff can be done in meeting rooms and in practice. Plus, in the preseason, you're not going to see some of the route concepts and the different things that you're going to see in a regular season game. I know what you mean, Darren, about trying to get the wrinkles out, but you got to be very careful. You need to be able to teach that. And some of that miscommunication and some of the ineptitude in that game falls squarely on Tomlin, and it falls on Colbert. Um, not necessarily Colbert as much, but definitely on Butler and the coaching staff. King.me3. One, Keith Butler, Keith Butler doesn't know how to put the talent in the right places. We have the talent. I would disagree a little bit there. there there's an issue that I had with how they played. I think some of it is coaching and some of it is technique. Just not passing off routes. You know, the Patriots run an excellent job of, of running rub routes. 
shallow crosses, uh, rub route concepts. And if you're not an experienced defense, you're going to get beat by that stuff. They beat people by that stuff every week. And given the fact that you had these new pieces playing in that defense, I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, I'm just not surprised. There were a play, there was a play in the game where uh, Josh Gordon beat Vince Williams in the slot for a 45-yard game when you had Steve Nelson on the outside covering Rex Burkhead. An experienced defense, if you've played together for a while, you switch that off. You switch that off. You have to communicate and have that level of verbal communication and knowledge to deal with the Patriot offense to be able to switch that off. Nelson takes Gordon in the slot. Williams takes Burkett outside. So what if they target Burkett? You might get beat for like 14, 15, but you're not going to be beat by 44 because of the, uh, just merely at the snap because of the matchup of Williams against Gordon. And that's the type of stuff that has to happen. And that's beyond coaching. That is having players that feel comfortable enough to do it. Uh, Kelvin Colbert said, Trey Fitzpatrick for Burns and Moncrief. Teams got to want that. Who wants Artie Burns and Moncrief? Would you give up a first-round draft pick for those two? Absolutely not. Just because it makes sense to Steeler fans doesn't mean it makes sense to somebody else. Uh, Hosh Jaffer chimed in and said, Tampa Bay has no great players on their team. They look like a Super Bowl team. Thanks, Tom, for firing Bruce Aarons. Well, if you think that team looked like a Super Bowl team with Jameis Winston playing catch with other teams consistently, I don't know what you I don't know what you're thinking, Haas. There's no way they can win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston, with the way that Jameis Winston does not take care of the football. And one thing about Bruce Arians, it's no mistake that Bruce Arians quarterbacks turn the ball over and get beat up. Ben got beat up under Arians and turned it over a lot. Andrew Luck got beat up under Arians. Now he's out of the league. Carson Palmer got beat up under Arians in Arizona. And now Carson Palmer is out of the league. I think B.A. is a fantastic quarterback coach, fantastic head coach, fantastic coordinator. But quarterbacks get beat up in his systems, period. Let me jump up and see if there's some more questions. Bill Davis chimed in. Le'Veon and Brown could win one-on-ones. Now the coaching staff will have to do their job and scheme receivers and open running lanes. I, you know, if you look at the Steelers' offense on film on the R22, there's a lot of wrinkles and nuance in their offense. It's not strictly an ISO offense. It has more ISO elements in its offense than, say, a New England offense because you have better players. But I do get your point. They are going to have to be a more schemed offense to get guys open because you don't have great individual playmakers on the offense. Uh, Jar Devil asked, do you see Vince being a big part of the offense this week or Vance? Um, I think so. I mean, a typical reaction is when an element of the offense isn't a part of the offense, uh, a lot of times you see it emphasized the next week, be it good or bad. Um, and Haley would do it. If they didn't run the ball enough, it was like Haley would make a point. I'm going to come out and run it five times. So I would expect that you see uh, Vance definitely get some targets. Um, Darren Dalton chimed in. Jeff, Dave, and BAD downplayed the fullback situation. And who would take over while Nix is out? Do you feel the same as them? Uh, I do. Because in my perspective, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger values the running game. 
And and I think in a lot of instances, Ben would rather take running plays away from the running game and and, and exchange that for short passes. So I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I like Knicks as a player. Um, I would have loved had they utilized Knicks in some of those short yardage instances. But I don't know if the Steelers have been creative offensively enough when it comes to using Knicks. Um, so I'm, I'm not certain. Denise chimed in. Denise Irvin chimed in. Does Moncrief concern you? Well, I named him Moncrief. So absolutely concerns me. I, I mean, I mean, we saw him struggle in the preseason. Granted, it was preseason. We saw him struggle on Sunday. Um, I mean, you got to be concerned. Um, I would hope that James Washington gets more targets, and I hope that there's a little bit more creativity in how they use James Washington. So absolutely, I'm concerned. Um, let, me, let me chime in. Let me grab some other guys. Vodka Drinker said, hopefully Ben worked the timing out with practice this week with the wide receivers. Well, hopefully it happened on Thursday and Friday because, you know, you know, I'm sure they didn't practice Monday. Monday's a treatment day. Um, Might have got some light stuff in on Tuesday. I know it gets the Wednesday off consistently. So maybe they they did something. Uh, um, ever since the Steelers fired Dick LeBeau and Bruce Aarons, the Steelers haven't won a playoff game. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's factually correct. Um, to be honest, somebody correct me in the live chat. I think when the Steelers went to the offensive, went to the AFC Championship a couple of years ago, they did not have uh, BA or Dick LeBeau. So uh, I don't think that's accurate. So, um, and I don't know why Hosh typed that four times in a row. Just because you type it four times in a row doesn't mean it's actually true. Uh, this is a win and loss league. If you want to fire somebody because they win a bunch of games but don't win Super Bowls, then do it. <laughs> like, hey, you got to win football games. Whether you like it or not, Tomlin wins a lot of football games. And like Verducci, man, said it, uh, we get it. Uh, he doesn't like Tomlin. Uh, let me get back to a couple more questions before I go ahead and conclude the program. Um, I want to get to a uh, – and Sean chimed in, Sean Manahan. Tomlin's better against anyone not named Belichick. Uh, let's see. Uh, if there's any more questions in here, um, let me ask you guys a question before we conclude the program, uh, because the questions are starting to dry up. Uh, who's that? Who's that wild card guy? Who's the wild card guy on the Steelers on either side of football that you guys think needs to play well for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win? I think Sean Davis needs to play. I think Sean Davis needs to be in the back end to stabilize that defense. That's me. I think they can really get after. Russell White in this offensive line that I think is pretty uh, porous in Seattle. So that's my thought. And I'm not going to give you my prediction. You guys got to check out the standards of standard to get my prediction. Um, so with the questions drying up, um, I'm going to go ahead and conclude the program. Like I said before, you know, I think the sun always shines in Pittsburgh. I think, I think it's too early to, come to any conclusion about the football game, even if they were to lose on Sunday. I think it's too early to come to a conclusion about the football game. Wait four games. That's what I would advise. Wait four, wait six games. After that, I think you can have a realistic impression about the team. But even at that point, teams can't improve. We've seen the team improve over the course of the season before, over the last three seasons. So 
be patient and remember the sun always shines in Pittsburgh, I think. And with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend and subscribe.